Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are whistleblowers heroic? Should conservatives support the police? Is Bud Light promoting a trans ideology the same as Coors promoting gay couples? We answer these questions and more on this episode of Good Take, Bad Take. Hi friends, welcome to this episode of Good Take, Bad Take. This is the show where we go through our social media feeds, we find the takes that interest us either in a good way or a bad way, and then we break them down and talk about what's good or bad about them. My name is Donald and I'm here with my co-host Britt. And before we get started, just a reminder to give us a follow on our socials, which are listed up here on the screen. If you're watching, if you're listening, that's Good Take, Bad Take Pod on Instagram, Good Bad Take Pod on Twitter and YouTube. And uh, give us a like and follow and a subscription while you're there. Helps us out a lot. So our first take comes from uh, Clint Russell of Liberty Lock Pod. He tweeted out, When your government is escalating an undeclared proxy war against a nuclear power and lying about facts on the ground to the American people, there is nothing more patriotic or courageous than becoming a whistleblower. Uh, Free Jack, I'm going to mispronounce this, Texaria, Texera, something like that, I apologize. Uh, Pardon Snowden, Free Assange. What do you think oh. about this take? Uh, I, I, with the caveat that I actually don't know who Jack Teixeira is, uh, but knowing Snowden and Assange and the overall, you know, premise that that Clinton yeah. is saying, it's a great take. I mean, it's yeah. and it's true. Um, you know, a lot of uh, and, and it's it's courageous and patriotic because you are exposing you know acts of deceit that are going to kill you know your fellow Americans. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people will talk about, you know, back in 2001 and 2003 and stuff when we were going into Afghanistan and Iraq and very much like the COVID pandemic uh, hysteria, we had kind of the, the terrorist hysteria and people would say, well, we just got to support our troops. And that was kind of the equivalent of, you know, max and uh, make sure your mask and uh, make sure you're getting the vaccine and all this stuff, uh, support the troops and yeah, you know, we we need they need us to be courageous and stuff. But it's like, man, you, if you really wanted to be patriotic and courageous, you would bring those troops home, or you wouldn't put them in harm's way for some ulterior motive or based off of faulty information or anything like that. And I remember someone close to my life was talking about uh, like the Iraq War, and uh, <laughs> he was very much like skeptical of the Afghanistan War, and he was very very skeptical about Iraq. Uh, but he's like, yeah, but then you know, Colin Powell came out and said, oh, no, they, they definitely do, and you know, held up the little vial at the United Nations and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I trusted Colin Powell, and then uh, that's what convinced me that we should go in there. You know, and, and his take was always like, well, you know, I don't want to fight any war that I wouldn't send you know, one of my kids to go fight, um, and which is a very, you know, that's a very sobering and good uh, line in the sand to have because it basically limits you to any war that is not on your own soil, Right. Uh, but, you know, if someone like Colin Powell, who you really respect, comes and says, oh, yeah, Iraq's got nuclear weapons and they're pointing them at us, then that's how you convince people. But, uh, you know, once we were down there, you know, the work that Assange and Snowden and and maybe Jack Teixeira did uh, in exposing, they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're not actually the heroes over there. We're not Luke Skywalker, you know, fighting the empire. We're actually the stormtroopers blowing up, you know, Middle Eastern kids and, and women and children and all this stuff. So. Uh, they did really great work. And, you know, regardless of their whatever personal foibles they might have, regardless of whether they might have had ulterior motives or anything like that, they still expose lies. Uh, and they they made them they brought it into the light. And that's why the regime hates them. Yeah, I I was going to say uh, Jack is the is the suspect who is 
recently connected with the leaks of the U.S.'s involvement in Russia and Ukraine and the spot, the documents there that have been leaked in a Discord group. Oh, um, like about different casualty numbers and stuff? Uh, casualty numbers and our assessment of the Ukrainian pa- military power and stuff. I think it's yeah, been online a for a couple of months. Yeah, I, you know, and I think it's funny because I think it's pertinent to the last thing you were saying, which is, you know, sort of regardless of the of the motive or the motivation or the or the driving factor. Because as far as I'm aware, I have no idea, but it, it might seem like this guy dropped it to sort of his gaming group like as a as a flex which is maybe not the most noble noted motive for this but i think the the thing that's that's crazy about this is the first of all the 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 terrifying thing i will say is the response where the white house and the military intelligence agencies are saying like well how can we scrub discord for to make sure future leaks and and, and stuff don't happen and it's like well Let's be real. The, the government should not have the power to scrub, you know, any kind of platform, any private, and you know, communication pathway. And I'm, I'm afraid that Discord is becoming less and less private. Discord being a um, an online communication platform for those of you who are unfamiliar, kind of it's kind of like a, a forum and a chat uh, all wrapped up into one. You can have voice chats or text chats, private messages, uh, group messages, or even um, just more public forum type things. Uh, but the thing is. You know, when you have private information and private data there, uh, you you want that to be private. And obviously, the, the company Discord can do that with it what it will. Up till now, it's been pretty pro-privacy, although it recently had terms of uh, service changes that make it more invasive. And so they can, you know, ban you for things that they might deem offensive, even in DMs, which is not a great uh, not a great thing. But even more, which makes me even more concerned about the government trying to look into to this, right? But secondly... You know, maybe instead of worrying about if you're if you're really worried, you know, from from a non-ideological standpoint, if, if you as an institution are worried about leaks getting out, maybe you should worry less about the means through which they're disseminated and maybe more about how the people you are trusting in your organization gets access to information that they're leaking in the first place, right? You think maybe you should, you know, search your search your own soul before going to try to fix the other pathways of communication. It's like, oh my gosh, we should. We need to we need to have our roads checking for for drunk drivers. Uh, that says the you know the the bar that's sending people out you know plastered with their keys in their hand. You know, like maybe you should do some self introspective work. But 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 the, the the more important point here is, and as I think you've said, it it is like important that when these leaks happen and and things that of you know ill nature are being exposed by the U.S. like. It can be done through noble means. It can be done through, you know, selfish or, or cheesy means, like like what is suspected of Jack right now. Again, I, I don't have any particular knowledge one way or the other on that. But it doesn't matter because the, the facts are the facts. If you're leaking this information and it's true information, you have to grapple with that reality. And so on the one hand, I, I know that a lot of conservative people tend to say, well, we can't reward people like Assange or Snowden because they leak government secrets and that puts us all in danger. But on the contrary, we're in so much more yeah. danger when we don't have people who are going to leak. You know, it's like one of those things where you have, you know, it's kind of like the the little like, uh, I, I don't and it's not a parable, but, the, you know, like the little like fictional story of the teacher who says who tells his like kindergartners or, or first, second graders like, hey, whatever you do, I'm going to leave the room. Do not get up for any reason. And then takes a fish out of the bowl of water and puts it on the desk. And, you know, the, the the fish is just, like, choking from not being able to breathe, just, like, flopping around until one of the kids, you know, runs up and puts it in the water. And the teacher comes back and says, like, don't let the rules stop you from doing something that's right, you know? Like, and that's kind of, like, what, what this should be. It's like, we, you know, obviously, as an institution, you don't want leaks. But if the institution itself is is committing heinous crimes, we want to, we, we want to have a people, an American culture that is willing to do the, quote, unquote, illegal thing or the the wrong thing for the right cause or for the right reason you know you want to you want to have leakers who are saying hey what the u.s is doing is messed up and if the american people knew this there would be justice and there you know this should be brought to light because you know allegedly the government is supposed to be run you know by the consent of the governed here and so when they do things that have to get leaked that's not consent of the governed yeah your your point is really um like doing the right thing regardless of whatever rules, because like I, I think about conservatives saying like, oh, yeah, uh, you know uh, what Snowden did, you know, like, yes, it was right for him to expose this, you know, in some way or maybe what the government was doing was wrong. But he, he still took an oath, you know, to do this or do that. And 
He was part of the organization, signed a contract. And it's so ironic to me that the programs and policies and methods that he exposed, you know, that we all, not we, but the conservatives really supported are now being turned on the conservatives, right? Like everyone was saying, because uh, I was like, well, if you have nothing to, you know, nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. It's like, well, it really just matters about who's determining what is hideable or what should be hidden. Um, and so, yeah, so these guys, regardless of their motivations, like you're saying, are, are heroes. Uh, I wouldn't even say they are heroes, but their actions are heroic and good. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, that's that is the interesting thing because I I think most people who are talking and thinking about these issues in a serious way recognize that life is not black and white in many cases. There there are competing priorities. There are multiple hierarchies of good, right? So so for instance, in you know the example of Snowden, like you said, oh he took an oath to not you know to to keep secrets or whatever for the government. So you have to you have to measure is the is the is the the hierarchy of keeping your oath in this context more powerful than the good of exposing a criminal ring essentially of the NSA right this entire branch that is unknown and and not only unknown but explicitly lied about existing from like James Clapper before Congress and exposing this total abuse of not only you know, your own freedom, but the entire population of the United States is privacy and freedom. And you have to weigh those things. And it's it's kind of like one of those things where biblically, you know, a lot of conservatives will talk about, well, it might be okay to lie in context when you're like protecting Jews from the Nazis, or they'll say Rahab from the the men, you know, the, the biblical example there, Rahab lying about the the spies that were, you know, she was hiding and stuff like that. And so to me, I think it's a pretty clear principle that a lot of conservatives should understand and recognize that you actually, more important than the principle and the hierarchy of obeying the law or following the rules is having an American culture that is doing the right thing. And and I think something that conservatives really are good about and getting on and should be getting on board with is promoting what are what is good, right? Sometimes I think libertarians like to say, oh, well, freedom is the ultimate good. But I don't think that's true. I think freedom is the, the should be the ultimate goal of sort of the, the governing side of society. But as far as individual values, I don't think freedom is the is the is the ultimate good. I think it helps get to the best good. And those best goods have to be things like self-sacrifice, discipline, honesty, truth, you know, not non-aggression, those types of things. And so I think it's like with conservatives, I think that they they would they would have a strong sense of what they view as a moral foundation. And those are the values that I think you, as a conservative, you should be promoting over the laws. Now, if the law, if you want to make the laws coincide with those, we, we can, you know, go back and forth what that is. But but you have to admit that as it currently stands, you know, someone like Snowden keeping the oath to, to not leak information uh, and then witnessing uh, the complete dishonesty and invasion of privacy that the NSA was, that if he were to keep his oath of you know following the, the rules or the law, then he would be violating those first moral principles, which I think are more important and should be promote, promoted uh, more, more highly. Okay, we'll move to our next take here. This is a Facebook conversation. So there's a first uh, post and then a comment reply. So the first post reads, we have lived in our home for 35 years, cost us less than 250000 to buy the land and build the house. The taxable value increased by 43% this year. So it now costs us $1,500 per month for the tax. On top of this tax, I have the RTA tax on my car of $558. Who determined the boundaries for the RTA map? And there is a reply here. That reads, your tax most likely did not go up by 43%, but it probably did and historically has gone up. Because we prohibit an income tax, which is a far fairer tax, we depend way too much on property taxes. This harms seniors and lower or even middle income homeowners. It benefits the rich. Fears of income tax as simply ad addictive are reasonable, but redesigning the whole system could help if we could get it done. Our system of taxation is terrible. That is not the same as saying the government is collecting too much money. I don't think they are, but they may be getting it from the wrong sources and harming many homeowners. Some are even losing homes. 
I man, I, reading this one has me so triggered. What what is your response <laughs> to this? Brett? Well, this is, so this is actually a next door um, uh, post. Uh, I crawled on there to to look up some information about some happenings in my neighborhood that I, I'd seen and scrolled across this. And I, I whenever there's something about homeowners tax, uh, property tax, I always love reading the comments because everyone hates. It, except for a few people, um, and usually they're not uh, they're not landowners. But uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't live in Washington, uh, we don't have an income tax. Uh, uh, we do R- now. Well, well, kind yes, yes, ta- <laughs> we do now. Yeah, we yes. shouldn't. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm sure you'll get to that. We um, don't have a traditional income tax. Yeah, we don't have the traditional income tax like a lot of other states do. Uh, we have a sales tax, um, and then the RTA is uh, the Regional Transit Authority. So. Uh, kind of funny side note on that is we actually uh, sued like the people of Washington and said, hey, we don't want this tax uh, and sued the government saying we don't, you know, take our car tabs off of your, uh, you know, bring them back down to what they were. And then the government used our tax dollars to fight us in court and then decided that, you know, actually, this is a fair tax and we're going to keep it. Uh, so Washington sucks in that way, as do any place that has, you know, a government doing taxes. But uh Obviously, I think the the person's reply is a bad take. Any any take that says you know that's a much fairer tax, uh, or the the worst part of it is this is not the same as saying the government is collecting too much money. It's like no, the government always collects too much money. <laughs> the second they collect one dollar from you, uh, they have collected too much money because they never earned that. They didn't create it. That is too much money by definition. Um, so. Yeah, I mean this the the property taxes in in Washington are awful because you know because of I had other people on here posting like oh it's not it's not a tax thing it's it's a housing market issue. <laughs> it's like yeah, the housing market issue created by various government policies uh and then at the macro level obviously created by the Federal Reserve and and all of those you know uh, financial and monetary policies. So uh, I there's a lot to go through and I'll let you go since you were so triggered. Well- just to tack on to your last point there, uh, oh, it's a housing market issue. Okay, well, let's look at affordable housing in Washington. W- recognize that uh, about $144,000 on the medium-priced home in Washington, $144,000 of the cost to build that ho- that home is from regulations alone. What? Yes. So not the, for, not for the final- affordable housing. No, I'm just talking about how the median home in Washington, $144,000 of the building cost comes from regulatory burdens. That was a study done by, I think, the BIAW. They reported on it, at least. Wow. So, yeah. So, so the, you know, they, they want to talk about, like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's not government or taxes. And it's like, okay, well, even if you're going to say it's not taxes directly, it's regulations, which is also the government's wheelhouse. Um, the, the other thing that's, that, that triggers me so much, one, uh, the... They talk about <clears throat> they talk about this like oh we just need an income tax and then everything's fair. But everyone who actually and maybe this person the way that they're responding may seem like they might be more open than our actual legislators are. But but every person who talks about Im- implementing an income tax or, or charging the richer more that does nothing to help the lower end. So what we would say is, okay, you, if you want to help people on, on the bottom end, because they're talking about a far fairer tax, drop our sales tax, reduce our sales tax. That actually helps people on the lower end disproportionately. Then they say, oh, well, the government isn't collecting too much money. One, I think your point is correct. As, if they're collecting money, it's too much. But two, if you just want to look at it for, as a numbers game uh, in Washington state, well, shoot, Washington's growth over the past, I think it's like 10 or 20 years has gone up every single uh budgetary session every two years the forecast the forecast has increased over covid we had more money even in a terrible economy we had projected more money than we did in the previous years uh the 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 budget forecast came in this year and and there was a lot of like oh man we are we're, it's lower than expected but it was <laughs> the budget forecast came in lower than expected from pr- a prior projection but it's still more than we were getting last year. So Washington, the, the money that the state is getting from taxpayers has gone up every single time. And the problem is legislators just spend it all. So if you were actually concerned about this, and if you actually believed all this, it, the, the answer is clear. It's 
take some of the the money that is that is forecast that's going to be coming in from existing revenues without raising taxes and one allocate it back to property owners two allocate it in a sales tax cut to to people there whatever whatever your thing is you don't need to raise taxes you actually don't need to restructure our our tax system for one that is fair or not uh and and the and the government still has more money than they did the prior budget to spend without changing anything but they will always gaslight you into thinking that oh we just don't have enough money because they promise and and overspend yeah i my my favorite part of this one is uh, the reason we have a property tax is because we prohibit an income tax as if like as if if we got an income tax like they they force that upon us uh, that they would take away property taxes like most other places have both property tax and an income tax as well yes. so it's yeah they're gonna have both they're it, it, repealing a tax almost never ever happens so uh, the only way to ensure that you you know you have less taxes to never have them in the first place. Uh, and to and to severely limit that stuff, and just trust that if people want something, they're going to figure out how to band together and fund it themselves. Uh, we don't need you know middlemen, uh, you know, dispersing that. That is really nuts, though, about the hundred forty thousand dollars in in regulatory compliance. And so that's like stuff like getting your house up to code, and yeah, I I think it it's like getting your house up to code. I think it's uh, making like I mean like just just for as an example. I think it's in Seattle. There's a regulation, and I don't know if this is in that 144,000. But there's literally a, a a license you have to pay. It's like I don't know, like 140 dollars or 260, somewhere in that range. It's you know, it's not like you know a mold, but it's 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 a vacancy check permit. You have to get a permit to say yes. I went to my house and it is empty. You have yeah. to pay the government money for that. Yeah, and if it's a contractor, then you're paying for the labor and overhead markup on that. So that that two hundred sixty dollar permit it costs you actually like nine hundred bucks at the end. Of the exactly, day. and yeah. so it, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you know, is it good to make sure your house is empty? Sure. Does it need to be a government permit that costs two hundred and sixty dollars? No, and and or nine hundred, you know, in the long thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, that that might be one little bit, but. One that disproportionately impacts lower income housing because obviously that's not it's not only on rich houses you have to make sure it's on all of them and the richer people are going to be able to afford that more. So you want to talk about you know not fairer penalties. Regulations are the things that are penalizing the 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 people who are have the lower income to to dispense in the first place because these regulations don't increase in scale uh, the the higher the the building costs. So when you have all of these you know flat fee regulations that are going to give you a a cost one way or the other um on, on a on a building well now as, as a contractor you are now incentivized to create higher uh, bid housing because your your margins are going to be higher just based on the fact that you have flat fees or and flat costs uh from from all these regulations so they, they always talk about oh we need affordable housing that's one of the problems right there's all of the regulations make it so that it, it's less profitable to create that in the first place. Yeah. Any housing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, but it, it becomes subsequently less, you know, uh, profitable because the, the regulation fees are flatter or are, are flat. And so your margins just shrink when you, when you go onto low, mm -hmm. low income housing or, or just affordable housing in general. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll move on to our next take here. This one uh, comes from a declaration of memes, uh, a meme Twitter. Uh, this one reads, Conservatives should probably become familiar with the reasons libertarians do not support the police. Generally speaking, it's, it is not that we oppose police doing the few good things that they do. Stop slash solve violent crimes, provide security, etc. <clears throat> Libertarians object to the police libertarians objections to the police stems from the fact that it is the main job of police officers to enforce the laws of government against the people. Every law that violates your liberty and rights passed along by the Democrats or Republicans is being enforced by the police. The police obeyed the government and shut down the churches and the mom and pop stores. The police let riots happen when their masters ordered them to. In a libertarian society, we would have a robust we would have robust protections for self-defense, access to arms, and private security, and private detectives contracted to take care of the violent crime issues that do occur. 
Besides, a mugging, a home invasion, a random attack on the streets usually happen in seconds. Assuming that you are lucky enough to even have the opportunity to call the police, the criminal uh, will be long gone before the cops arrive. The only thing you can truly count on for protection is being proficient with firearms and self-defense. We believe in liberty, much like the founding fathers of America did. What is your take on this post? This is great. Uh, really well laid out. I think really it's it looks like it's one of those more Twitter show more uh, yeah, uh, it is. tweets. Uh, <laughs> it but is. it's really well laid out. Like I, if I hit expand and read this, I'd be, oh, this is good. Um, I think it, it, it's a nice uh, outreach to conservatives from our you know kind of side of the political ideology. Um, you know, to my favorite part about this and a point that I usually make with my conservative friends is that you know, the police officers, I, I like to say to my friends, police officers, to me, the ratio of good police officers to bad po- police officers is about the ratio of good politician to bad politician in a lot of way uh, ways, because it's not necessarily that you're like, it's like, oh, they're all bad. It's just a form. It, it's it's a symptom of the position that attracts bad people to to it and then amplifies their their badness, right? So you get a police officer, they can, if they pull you over, they can hypothetically do anything they want to you in that moment with a chance of potentially getting away with it, right? Uh, and if you fight back or anything like that, then they have license to kill you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, and their main function, again, is not to protect, it's not to provide security, uh, it's not to stop and solve crimes. That's an aspect that they do sometimes, but their primary uh, mandate and the one that they always uphold, no matter what, is to enforce the laws and the dictates of the people that are in charge of them. Um, you know, there's uh, there is a Supreme Court case. I, I think it was in early 2000s, but basically reaffirmed that the police don't have a duty to help you if you're being hurt. Uh, I, this is you know evidenced by during you know Seattle's kind of got some really bad homeless issues. Uh, and I was working with some property management companies down there and I was talking to a property manager and he's like, yeah, we don't go walk down that alleyway because a police officer told us that uh, they're not going to come protect us if we go down there. Like they could see us being beaten up and all this stuff, but short of us, you know, if someone pulling a gun or a knife on us, they're not going to come help us. Uh, and so it's like, that's, that's what your tax dollars pay for. That's what your honor, you know, honoring the police gets you. Uh, it gets them cowardly saying, no, we're not going to come help you. Or, you know, at the best case scenario, you know, you have good police that just refuse to, to enforce the laws, but most of them still do, right? Like these guys came around, shut down stores, shut down uh, everyone that was not complying with COVID. Um, and then, you know, we've been seeing instances like in New York City now where people who do try to protect themselves, uh, you know, like in uh, that guy, the parking garage attendant who wrestled the gun away from, from one of the robbers and shot him, you know, the police arrested him, right? So even when you do take matters into your own hands, your own protection into your own hands and do a good job, uh, they are still going to get you, even though they were never going to protect you in the first place. So uh, in general, you know, the police are bad. It's The bad stuff about police is a feature. It's not a bug. Uh, and it's a feature of the position that's been created. Yeah, that's exactly right. To to you to your point on you know like the cops refusing to to go down that aisle that that just makes me think of if you if anyone's ever listened to libertas dave smith's comedy special he has a whole bit on talking with his friend who said well the police work for us he's like no they don't no they don't what are you talking about you can't get them to do stuff for you (laughs) um uh it's 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 a pretty good bit but yeah i i that's that's right i i think that when when there are examples of oh well my police chief defied the covid lockdowns or whatever that's great that's awesome but that's the exception that proves the rule the fact that there were people sharing their letters online almost almost amplifies the very fact that it's like they had to do that it wasn't like this expected thing like oh the politicians are at it again fortunately the police will you know adhere to the constitution or or whatever you know principle you want to you know as a conservative you might be um prone to cling to it's like do, do does anyone in Washington State realistically think that even their most you know Chehalas 
or or Eastern Washington or you know most defiant cop is seriously going to defy the gun law that's going to be passed that prevents you know the transfer of assault quote unquote assault weapons. I don't think anyone even realistically thinks that even the the most you know red pilled conservative policeman will will uh, you know fight it. They might turn their eyes away for a time, but then it's only a matter of time before that person retires and a new cop takes their place. Who's more than willing to just uphold the law as it is. If, if the politicians were treated as the powerless scum that they should be treated as, then the cops and and the cops were actually loyal to the, to the things that I think conservatives wish they were loyal to, then it wouldn't be such a big deal when a non-constitutional bill gets passed yeah. right because the, everyone would know oh well the police will never enforce this but that's not it is they they don't the police don't work for us they don't answer to us they're they're not accountable to us it's it's all through the politicians and and then their own organization of, of uh which which gives them a power complex because they know that a peer their peers will most likely get let them off the hook whenever possible uh which i think has been less and less available with with body cam footage um because that adds a measure of transparency that the public generally gets to see. So um, I, I I do really like this take. I think um, I think he's right in that we don't disagree with the idea of stopping and solving violent crimes, providing security. These are good ends. We just think yeah. that there are better means for them. Yep. Okay, moving to our next take here. This one comes from the Libertarian Party of Texas, maybe my least favorite state-affiliated Libertarian Party. And uh, they tweet out, nobody should have to flee an authoritarian state to get treatment or avoid mandates. Your medical treatments are between you and your doctor. No politicians needed. Hashtag medical freedom. Uh, And this links to an article that says Austin couple travels out of Texas to get, quote, medically necessary abortion. What do you think about this, Britt? Oh, they're so annoying. It's a bad take. I mean, you kind of showed our <laughs> hand when you said they're your least favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's such bad. It's so bad. I'll expand upon the article a little bit because I think that will help. But basically, Me this too. couple, uh, you know, they found out they were pregnant. Uh, they were actually trying uh, to get pregnant, and so they wanted this kid. Um, and then at week seventeen, uh, they found that there was—I uh, don't really know how to pronounce it—but basically, a, a, a fluid bubble on the back of the kid's head, uh, their daughter's head. Uh, which which meant that they're likely not survive uh, being born, um, or if they were born, they would have some issues potentially. So they opted to, they wanted to get an abortion uh, at week seventeen. Uh, Texas doesn't allow it uh, unless you know there's a threat to the uh, the life of the mother, and so they had to travel out of the state uh, to Colorado, and then uh, because uh, the state that they reside in and the insurance they're on, you know, basically said, oh, well, it wasn't medically necessary. Uh, they had to pay out of pocket to to kill their kid. Um, so, anyways, this you know, I th- there's the libertarian side of it, which is like these guys. I mean, I don't really know much about the Libertarian Party of Texas's positions on the COVID stuff, but I have a feeling they were pretty annoying about it all, and maybe we're even pro-vax in some ways. Um, that is apples and oranges when it comes to killing a human being versus choosing what medical preventions you choose to put in your body. Um, you know. There is an argument to be made that, you know, as a, a private business could say, hey, if you don't have the COVID vaccine, we don't want you in here because most of our clientele are old or something like that. I'm actually all and we've said it before and we were very consistent on it. We're all for individuals and private businesses and organizations deciding what they're, you know, on their private property, what goes on and who's allowed to come on there. And it goes both ways, right? Like you in the same way that uh, someone that wants people to be vaccinated can say only vaccine people can come on, someone that doesn't care for those type of people can say you have to be unvaccinated to come on the property. I think both are pretty stupid, uh, and especially now with all the data that we've got and the data that we had at the time, you know, it makes that stupid. But that is not the same as killing a human being, right? And that's what, you know, if we're going to have government do anything, um, like, okay, well, let's defend the most vulnerable out there, right? The people that literally have no ability to speak for themselves, uh, like a little child. And the condition that this couple had, you know, I can't speak to their specific situation, but it carries a 55% survival rate post-birth. So there's a chance, right, that this kid could survive. Uh, They might have some complications. They might be somewhat mentally inhibited. But we don't justify killing human beings for those reasons in any other scenario. 
uh, when they're outside of the womb. The only time we justify it is when they're inside the womb. Yeah, I, I, I think you're totally right here. You know, I'm not sure what the state of Texas's policy is in the case of mother's life threatened. It sounds like it would be allowed if the mother's life is threatened. And I think, I think there, there is a lot of nuance to be had in terms of the conversation. Um, But, but I think that that nuance becomes a little bit less, less nuanced when you consider if the mother's life is not reasonably in danger, think about it almost like a, a, you know, the trolley car incident where it's like, you know, if you, um, if you see a, a, a train trolley and you see the, the lever, um, you know, you you can't see which switcher the the trolley's on, and you don't know that if pulling the the track, you don't know if you're going to save you know save the lives if you pull it, uh, or or maybe like if you leave it, you're you're not sure whether or not they'll survive. But if you pull the lever, it's a shorter distance to, but it'll definitely kill the person tied to the tracks. It's like I I don't see the I I don't see how you can justify taking the action that definitely kills the person definitely kills that child when there is a chance for it to survive. It is not a death sentence. Now, is it difficult? Even if there's no chance, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a difference. Like seeing a a strong gust of wind uh, of someone leaning over a rail, take someone and topple them over is, is ethically different than you going and shoving them over uh, because you see the gust of wind is coming. Yeah. Like we, like, even if this, like, let's just say the ultrasound showed that for whatever reason they could tell with this specific instance of this condition, that it was 100% guaranteed that the kid would die upon birth or die shortly after birth. Like, that still, like, doesn't give you permission to just go kill them uh, because you have some sort of need for convenience or you want to move on to having the next kid or whatever. I'm not inferring the couple's motivations, but, like, it has to be out of convenience, a sense of convenience. There's If there's no threat to the life of the mother, which there isn't in this uh, in this scenario, then it's purely because you have some ulterior motive in terms of like to get that fetus out of there rather than being like, hey, you know what? We're going to give this baby the entire dignity and life that it deserves for as long as, you know, nature allows this thing to survive. And, you know, I speaking as, as someone that's going to f- be a parent in the future, like I would give every single second that I have to, or I give everything I have to have another few seconds or minutes with, with, with my kid, uh, you know, to keep them alive. And so I, it's just really, it's really sinister to me the, that they take killing children and make it an issue about freedom. It's like, no, that this is one of the least free choices you can make uh, or least, least pro-freedom choices you can make because you're literally just taking someone's life away when they have no voice to to advocate for themselves yeah well and i think it's extremely extremely cringeworthy of of the lp to to ignore the libertarian party of texas to ignore all of this debate and then just go on the on the hard line that the state has no role in in this because one um it's like if this were any other medical issue where there isn't a life at stake, I would completely agree with this take. But the problem is they obstinately ignore the data. They ignore the science uh, to use that cringy phrase. Thanks to COVID. Uh, and they ignore um, the, the nuance of the conversation. So they just look like ideologues pushing a point rather than people who want to actually promote freedom or good ideas in a real world scenario. It's it's just antagonistic. So that's why I don't like it. If you were a, a partisan, and and you 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 know put this this post out there because it's your talking point, I get it. You know, if this comes from the Democrats, I get it. But the Libertarian Party is supposed to have ideals and it's supposed to have a a sense of like, you know, we're not just partisan hacks. We 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 acknowledge reality. We acknowledge what works best, and we acknowledge that that's not true, the same for everyone. Um, but it seems like that nuance of you know is lost on them a little bit when when it comes to this in just because they they want to push this idea so hard they become ideologues for this talking point rather than for the the reality of the situation which is that there's a human life involved yeah they're trolling with the human life you know being on the other end of it which is yeah exactly (laughs) which is not never a good look yeah (laughs) okay and we'll go to our last post here 
Uh, and this one's a little bit longer. Um, this, of course, comes on the heels of the entire Bud Light uh, promotion of that trans uh, male to female individual uh, promoting Bud Light and their financials crashing. So Matt Walsh starts off tweeting, the financial damage we've done to Anheuser Bush, I believe that's how you pronounce that, uh, is a huge victory. We just need to keep it up. Corporations that go woke and betray their own customer base need to feel the pain. They never have in the past. Maybe that's changing. It would be a massive game-changing shift if so. I hope the conservatives who are complaining that the Bud Light thing is stupid and we should just ignore Dylan Mulvaney can see that they miscalculated and join the effort here. We're actually making a woke corporation pay a price. If you can't see the value in that, I don't know what to say. And then there's a reply. And this, I mean, I, I kind of want to address that take too, just because I think I think that is also an interesting thing to address. But there's a reply here that uh, says, where were you in 2013 when Coors dropped this? And it shows an ad uh, promoting uh, two, two gay men. Um, and then there's a reply to that with someone saying, the gay men are not harming children here or taking over women's bathrooms and sports or compelling others to speak reality-denying pronouns. It's not the same. <laughs> There's a lot to take here. If you want to take on the latest take or Matt Walsh's take, just give me your thoughts. Okay, I'll take the I'll take the last two-ish. I'll take the last yeah. one. Uh, the yeah, one yeah, with yeah. the uh, the French Canadian flag in it. Um, <laughs> and she, it looks like she's verified too, or Twitter blue. So uh, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, her post again is the one that says, you know, the gay men are not the ones harming children here, or taking women's bathrooms, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember back in two thousand. Must've been 2009, 2010, you know, when, when this was kind of the forefront um, of, of the culture being pushed, uh, having discussions and, and, you know, a lot of people made fun of conservatives saying, using the slippery slope argument, right? It's like, Hey, you know, if, if we legalize this, you know, if we, if we become okay with this type of, of uh, uh, lifestyle as a culture, then it's going to lead eventually to, you know, people, you know, pedophilia and bestiality and, and other sorts of things like that. And I remember they got made so much fun of, right? And I, I even made some of those, I believe, uh, kind of takes. And when I got made fun of, like, it, it made me rethink it a little bit more. But I, you know, now that we've got hindsight, it seems like, you know, if you start bending reality, if you start, you know, according to your and I's uh, view of the world, like, not living according to traditional concepts, according to design by the God that created us, that it becomes easier and easier and easier to live further and further outside of the design and pervert it more. Um, and so I think a lot of the conservatives that were saying those types of things back in 2008 about where this would lead, obviously they've been proven right. Um, and I think it's a function of that. And therefore I think this person is wrong and it's a bad take, right? Like, yes, maybe the gay men and you know that entire community is not harming children directly right now, uh, you know, or, or directly, pre you know, being part of pedophilia, but their shift to the Overton window, our denial of reality and our denial of God's design has caused it so that children eventually will end up harmed, right? You can't, anything that you choose to do affects everyone else in the community in some way or the other. You know, it's, it's uh, Solzhenitsyn's whole thing about like, hey, we were all responsible for the Soviet Union, right? We all either decided to not say something when we should have, or he said something we should not have said. And that all of that contributes eventually to mass casualty and mass awfulness and mass, you know, degradation of society. And so um, I think this person is wrong. I think that I don't know where Matt Walsh was in 2013, but I'm sure uh, if there was a Matt Walsh that had the mindset that he has today back in 2013, he probably would have opposed that uh, as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you agree or disagree, but that's my take well, on that last one. I would say, no, I would say I agree with you. And I, I agree even to a stronger point because uh, the, the stats that are considered um, maybe less than palatable for people to discuss is the fact that it's some shockingly high percent, I want to say around 43% in some studies, and that could be high, but uh, of, of gay men who were molested by an older gay man. Wow. And, and it's like you look at the you look at the, how that culture has and so much of of gay men culture, which, again, they don't want to talk about in it is involved in some for, form of like grooming like that. And it's and so 
I, I find this this last take so funny. Like the gay men are not harming children here or taking over women's bathrooms reports. Like like those are the only ways in which you can define the, the the paradigm here. Like that's the only way to define the debate is the very specific issues that the trans uh, issue brings up, like pronouns or 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 reality denying. If we want to talk about reality denying, let's talk about reality denying. You know what else is reality denying? redefining the idea of what a what a what a sexual relationship is and should be what the purpose of a sexual relationship is all of these things have their their roots in reality and uh that was redefined entirely by the i would say the the sexual revolution of the 60s which ushered in to say no sex isn't primarily about procreation and building a family it's about your own gratification in the moment and of course that's not to say that you know, before this, these types of things didn't exist, but it is to say that before this, uh, I think the role of sex and, and relationships and marriage and all that was a little bit more clear about what its true purpose is. So it's it's funny because this this post here shifts the goalpost uh, continually. And if if all of the conservatives and I don't know where this person is politically on the spec on this spectrum, but if if conservatives follow this line of thinking, then trans people will be OK when the bestiality crowd gets moving more because well at least we're not harming non-consenting individuals you know and etc you can always shift that goalpost um the the one thing i i want to i also want to talk about with with matt's take here is i've always been a little bit annoyed by this uh go go woke get broke idea in that i i not how matt's saying here I, i think matt actually has has a good take but but what i've always been annoyed by is is the application of this sort of taking for granted that a lot of conservatives have where they say, Oh, go woke, get broke. Like this Disney movie had a, had a gay reference in it and it flopped. Oh man, that's, that's proof. And I think usually one, it's because the way that people promote woke things is very transparent, right? I think we've talked about this before where it's, it's, it's a shallow character or it's a shallow plot because it's obviously servicing to promote a woke ideology rather than a rich narrative. So I, I've always hated, I've always been uncomfortable with that narrative a little bit because it's like, I don't think it's specifically that they went woke. It's not like people are saying, oh, there's a gay reference. I'm boycotting. It's usually like, oh, that is a, you know, this is a shallow movie and it was bad anyway. And it be- maybe that's because they focused on the gay thing, but that's not necessarily the primary reason, right? But also that always made rub me the wrong way because it always seemed to say that, you know, the consequence of going woke woke is getting broke versus Matt's call here, which I think is so critical, which is to say, no, no, no. If they go woke, make them broke, right? Like the idea of like vote with your dollars. And and even if you don't like the idea of like, oh, go woke, get broke. I, I think that the concept specifically of, you know, show the marketplace of ideas culturally what is and isn't important promote the things that are good and true. And then this kind of like go woke, get broke thing can happen. And and you should galvanize your base to, you know, stand up, have morals, boycott things that are, you know, defying the service of your values. But, but I think what's more important is promoting the actual values. And, and I, I'm not saying Matt is ignoring that point here. I just like that this is the go woke, get broke thing in Matt's worldview is a call to action, not a, uh, you do this, you know, and then this naturally follows, which I think is the correct application because I think go woke, get broke has been a misapplication in the past from from some conservatives. It, it's so interesting to me that this happened with Bud Light. <laughs> like, yeah, of all the things, you know, for, for conservatives and people to get galvanized about and people to be like, I'm just not buying that. Like, I, I literally don't think I've ever bought Bud Light ever in my <laughs> life. I don't think I've ever even held one. Yeah. Um, so much less drank one. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of crazy that this is what it's over. Um, and I really like what you're saying about that the, the distinction of like, well, go woke and you'll go broke. Like, is much different. And 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 that Matt Walsh's take is basically saying like, hey, if you go woke, pe- people do not like that. Your audience does not like that. You do not have product market fit with this marketing message, uh, and we're going to make you pay for it. That that is much different. And, and it, it has something to say about the values that are being put out there, uh, not just the current value, but future values as well. Then just saying like, oh, well, it's, it's just people don't like woke stuff and they're not they're not drawn to pay for it. It's like, no, we are actively antagonistic and against this. Um, it's a much more aggressive stance. And I think it's a good one. Uh, well, to be I, honest I think with it's you. also a libertarian 
it's it's a libertarian idea, right? The idea that it's like if you don't like a business doing something, don't outlaw it, don't make it illegal, just don't buy it. Make make it go broke, right? Show vote with your dollars, which I think is is the free market solution. And I think uh, I think that again, what I, my critique of libertarians earlier, where it's just like, oh, freedom's the only index point of, of value. No, I think you need to also promote the values that you want to see. It's it's you know say, hey, I don't like this company doing that and promote the alternative so that it's not just you in a vacuum. It's like you saying, I, we're going to build the culture I want, not through force and not through mm-hmm. you know, for forcing others to obey, but by convincing others to cherish these values, demonstrating their values and stuff like that. And, then, and, and, and once you've built that up, then the marketplace of ideas gets refined and better because more people are voting with their dollars and stuff like that. Um, so I think Matt's actually kind of embracing a little bit of a libertarian idea here, yeah. which is which is great. <laughs> yeah, I we'll see. I, I hope that one, you know, Anheuser Busch, the parent company of Bud Light, comes out and says, "Sorry, we're taking that down. We won't do it again." You know, basically, because then then it signals that they are more afraid of the backlash from conservatives and people that hold more traditional viewpoints. Uh, than the you know the woke marketing VP that that put this there in the first place, or two that other companies take light of this and it's like basically no other beer company ever again uh, does something similar to this, and then I think victory can be declared uh, on on at least this battle. But regardless of that, you know people that talk about like well how would libertarianism or free market or how do markets solve things like racism? Like what if a company didn't want to let black people come in you know to their uh, to their store or something like that? It's like well. You know, regardless of what which side of this issue you fall on, there's a group of people that fall, feel very strongly about a certain moral issue, as in that it's right or wrong. Um, and they, you know, through spontaneous organization, uh, were basically able to cost that company five billion dollars. Uh, if that's not significant, or if that's not you know the market saying something, and it, again, it might not overcome. Uh, this exact one, but it is like, it's like someone threw a punch, right? It's like, you're in this fight at this point. Uh, The market does have mechanisms for controlling moral behavior. And it's much more peaceful, right? Like, I would much rather Bud Light, this battle be taken on the fact that like, hey, Bud Light might lose money, than for there to be some law enacted out there that says Bud Light can't or can do this. And if they don't adhere to that, then you, you got the government thugs on their doorstep trying to arrest them or something similar to that which is what all laws end up being. So this is a much more peaceful, a much more right, and a much more you know, effective way to, to guide moral behavior or to influence moral behavior uh, than the alternative. Absolutely right. Couldn't agree more. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, checking us out. Make sure to share with your friends. Enjoy. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, give us a like, a share comment all that good stuff send us any takes that you may want to see critiqued and we'll catch you on the next one